I just got tired of fixing runners over the course of my 18 year career as a PT and making them feel better, getting their pain gone on a right treatment plan, and then wind up seeing them in six, eight, 10, 12 months from now because they went back to the same training errors. So here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode on the Healthy Runner Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be covering four strategies to overcome your IT band syndrome. So if you are a runner who has been running and you've been getting some pain on the outside part of your knee, this pain would be pretty localized. So pinpoint specific to the outside part of your knee. And it usually is going to be worse when you do hills, especially going downhill. Um, if you've been increasing your mileage, if you've been adding in more elevations, then you might have experienced this pain. If you are lucky enough to not have ever experienced this pain before, then that is a good thing. And what I'm going to be talking about in this episode is really going to help you prevent yourself from getting this injury. So this is one of the most common running related injuries that runners suffer. We know that knee pain is the most common area to have aches and pains when we are smashing those miles out on the pavement. Runner's knee is a common condition. And then the other one that is most common is IT band syndrome. So for those of you in our Healthy Runner Facebook community who are jumping on the live, let me know who's here. I would like to know who is here and if you are tuning in to this episode, if you stick around long enough, I'm going to have a free giveaway for you. I have a special gift for you guys for listening tonight, and I'm excited to release that within our Healthy Runner Facebook community first and foremost before releasing it to the general public. So let me know who is here. And um, as we go along today, I'm going to share with you the four most common tips. But if you have any questions, as we always do on these live streams, drop them in the comment box below, and I will be happy to get to your questions um, as we're going along tonight. So those are the things that really I love to do um, for our community is be able to answer your questions and let you know kind of where you are in your running and how do we actually continue to hit the pavement, get in those training runs that we uh, love to get in on and be able to have these runs um, so we can stay healthy, right? So our goal is to stay healthy um, over time. And that's what, what we're all about. And the things that I am going to be talking about today, um, 
is really this iliotibial band syndrome. And if you've had this pain before, let me know if you either have this pain now or you've ever had this pain. So we have some folks who have had this pain and uh, still having this pain. So this is going to be super important for you, honestly, because we're going to be talking about the really the best tips that have really helped many injured runners with this uh, syndrome before. So I am super excited to share these four tips with you. All right, so you guys should be able to see my little screen here. And I just wanted to go over real quick. And we did a deep dive on this um, earlier in the podcast where we really looked at um, what IT band was. So I want to use some visuals here to, because I am a visual learner. And so for those of you that are out there, then you guys let me know um, if this is helpful. Hopefully this is helpful. I'm trying something new today. I always like trying some new things. And so, all right, IT band, what is it? It is this connective tissue on the outside part of your thigh. So this is actually your... TFL muscle. It's your tensor fascia lata. It is not a drink at Starbucks. No, this is the muscle in the front outside part of your hip. That's the muscle. It connects to this iliotibial band that runs down the side of your thigh. And this circle represents where you are likely to experience pain if you have iliotibial band syndrome. So again, that's that sharp pain that you will get on the outside part of your knee. And it is very localized to right in that area. All right. So that is our iliotibial band. So what is the syndrome? So this syndrome is really overuse. So we call it an overuse injury. I don't necessarily like that word to tell you the truth, because it almost implies that if you run too much, you're going to get this syndrome. So first off, can I dispel the myth that if you run so much, that doesn't mean you're going to get this injury because every single runner would have iliotibial band syndrome. Every single marathoner would have iliotibial band syndrome. I ran one marathon. I did not have iliotibial band syndrome, right? So it's not every single runner. And the four tips that I'm going to be sharing with you today is actually going to prevent yourself from getting this or help you to recover from this condition and not have it anymore. So you're not going to have it again. And the reason we get irritation is at about that 30 degree of knee bending that occurs when we run. So if we are running and we are landing with a nice little bent knee position, this continuous irritation can cause some pain right on the outside of our knee. So that is where we will see some of that inflammation of um, on the outside of the knee. And we already talked about the main symptoms at the beginning of this. It's pain on the outside. It's very pinpoint specific. You could put your finger right on the outside part of your knee and that increases your pain. And when you poke there, it will be tender. So there'll be tenderness over that attachment site, especially when you bend your knee about 30 degrees. So there's a little special test that we do in orthopedics, the noble compression test, that if you see a clinician in the clinic, they will kind of bend your knee, push on that area that really causes you to jump off the table. Um, you might feel some clicking and popping as well. This is more of like a burning, aching tenderness on the outside of your knee. It could be warm and red um, as well. And it's going to really increase with those downhill runs. So that is the biggest thing that is going to increase the pain. Now, if you guys have been following around at all, 
through our Healthy Runner uh, previous episodes is you know that I'm a big, big proponent of you getting down to the root cause of why you're having pain. Now, let me just preface this. Um, what I'm going to share with you today and what I'm going to be giving to you uh, for listening to this episode is going to help probably 70, 80% of you out there, honestly. Um, there's some of you that it might not help. And there's some of you that it may help. But you can get some faster relief of your pain if you seek out a medical professional who specializes with working with runners, um, where you're going to be able to get some individualized guidance. So the things I'm going to share with you today are the clinical patterns that I've seen in my clinical practice, treating runners for 18 years as a physical therapist and helping runners virtually now through run coaching, as well as what is in the literature. So what is in the medical literature out there when it comes to iliotibial band syndrome, that is what I'm sharing with you today, but it may not apply to your specific situation. So I do want to say that there is no substitute for a good individualized medical examination by someone who specializes in working with runners. So we do know that runners, us as runners, we are a different breed. And we've talked about that in uh, different episodes before that we have specific needs, right? And it's not the running that causes the iliotibial band syndrome, but it is the causative factors. So again, getting into this, what causes IT band syndrome? And these really are going to be the top four causes of iliotibial band syndrome, which are going to turn into our top four tips to help overcome iliotibial band syndrome. So the first tip that I have for you is to make sure that you're not doing too much load to the tissue. So what do I mean by too much load to the tissue? This is doing too much too soon. So it's kind of like, this is you, your training load, right? And your tissue cannot tolerate the capacity that you are putting on it. So this can relate to your training and it really um, goes back to my five tips to run strong and healthy in our spark blueprint, which Tip number five is train smart with proper progression, right? So if you increase your training volume, the number of miles you're doing per week by more than 10%, you increase your intensity. Now you're starting to do some sprint workouts. You're hitting the track. You're increasing your frequency. You used to run three times a week. Now you run five times a week. You're changing the type of training that you're doing or the surface all of that can be too much training load for what, in this case, your iliotibial band can tolerate, the load that the tissue can, can tolerate or withstand, all right? And this really results also in an imbalance between strength, control, flexibility, sensitivity of tissues, um, your running mechanics. So all of that is going to go into it. So really the first tip I have for you is make sure you're training smart with proper progression. I cannot uh, tell you how much, how important that is. And remember is the whole reason why 
I became a running coach to begin with is because I just got tired of fixing runners over the course of my 18 year career as a PT and making them feel better, getting their pain gone on a right treatment plan, and then wind up seeing them in six, eight, 10, 12 months from now, because they went back to the same training errors because they weren't training properly. So I wanted to have a better understanding of how to actually train properly. So hence why I got my coaching certification and now help runners from a coaching standpoint to be able to actually help them with the run plans, as well as the strengthening exercises they need to do to heal from their injuries. So again, I cannot stress how important that is because if you take care of that, and this is one of my biggest pet peeve with a lot of the apps and a lot of the watches out there. They're prefabricated programs that they have out there. If you go to half marathon training program, marathon training program, most of them, I've seen them, are too aggressive for the novice runner. So if you have not been running for more than five to 10 years, then most likely the plan that you're following in some of the major apps out there, I'm not going to drop any names, but I've seen them. And I've seen many injured runners who were following those training plans. And I asked them, well, what were you doing? And it was like, well, I was just following the plan. This is what my watch told me to do. Um, those are usually more aggressive and not really meant for a beginning level runner or the first time marathon or first time half marathoner. So again, training, you need to make sure you're not loading your tissues too much. That is where a good running coach can come into play and be able to design a program that is specific to your body's needs. All right. So that's the first tip. Second tip here, guys, is really relating to the second cause of the factors, which is weak hip muscles. So we all know hips don't lie. You know, I like my Shakira. And do we actually, Coach Latoya, you got to tell me, do we actually have a Shakira song in our Healthy Runner um, playlist that we have on Spotify? By the way, if you guys haven't heard, um, we do have our own, thanks to Coach Latoya, put it all together. Much of your feedback is in there. I listen to it during every strength training workout. Love it. I've been actually creating a little specific playlist for my half marathon that we're running in four weeks um, with my favorite songs. But check it out on Spotify. You can get the Healthy Runner. Um, it's called Healthy Runner 2021 playlist on Spotify to get some good running tunes from all of your running uh, members who are in our Healthy Runner Facebook group. So Latoya, let me know if we got a Shakira song in there. I don't think I've heard one yet. I still haven't actually heard all the songs and I've literally listened to the playlist at least for five or six workouts now. Absolutely love it. All right, we digress, but it is the importance of our hip muscles, specifically the most important running muscle you have, which was the first muscle we talked about in our strength training in order to run, which was like episode two of the podcast, part of the spark blueprint, five tips for healthy running. Um, by the way, guys, if you go to programs.sparkyourtraining.com, you will find our spark blueprint there. If you haven't collected that yet, um, check it out. Um, grab the blueprint. I have many of the YouTube um, video links embedded within, which 
we talk about on these live trainings and really organized for you. So that's the first thing I want to let you know, but let's talk about weak hip muscles, your side hip muscles or your gluteus medius muscle, most important running muscle. If we see here in our little visual here, hips are level when you run, that's where they should be. When we have weakness, your hips drop. So this is called hip drop with running. This is what I analyze when I take video of the runners that I work with. We look at your video, we analyze, we see when you step on that leg in standing, are your hips level or do they drop? Um, if they drop, then that's showing us that there's weakness of the side hip muscle. All right, that is key to identify this kind of training flaw. Sometimes I see it only with running. Sometimes I see if a runner stands on one leg and I'll analyze that in my movement assessment. I'll analyze that when we do a single leg squat. And sometimes it's not only a matter of testing your muscles on the table. So like in person, and this is where actually virtual visits really work out well. And when I take runners through my run body performance assessment, when we do our coaching program, these are the things that I'm looking for. I'm seeing, is there a hip drop there? If there is, then that's telling me that the side hip muscle, the gluteus medius is not functioning properly and we need to wake it up. So you need to strengthen those side hip muscles. All right. And if you guys, if you know, if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, you know, some of my favorites for that, the humbler where you're sliding your leg up the wall um, and then working that muscle in standing. So that is key. You have to activate the muscle initially and then use that muscle in standing like you do when you run. Let me just jump in here to share a special announcement with you guys for a second. I'm excited to announce that the Healthy Runner Podcast has another sponsor. So as many of you know, I pour my heart and soul into creating the best show possible, and it's really showing in our reviews and our listenership. I'm extremely humbled and blessed to be able to share the knowledge and experience I have learned over my 18-year career as a physical therapist, a runner myself, and a run coach with you, the listener. And I love bringing on new guests who specialize in running, the experts within the running field each and every week. As I mentioned with our first sponsor, you can, I will only have sponsors on the show that share the same values of runner health and safety that I do and you value. Also, I will never promote a product that I don't use myself on a routine basis that I feel strongly about. With that being said, I am very excited to announce the Healthy Runner Podcast partnership with Noxgear. Noxgear's signature product, the Tracer 360, keeps me safe and lit up from all directions, 360 degrees, during my 5.30 a.m. runs, just like it did this morning. I noticed how quickly cars reacted to me once I started wearing the Tracer 360. It keeps me safe during those dark early morning runs. I also love their Bluetooth speaker that is only 39 grams in weight and perfect for listening to podcast episodes just like this one or music during your runs while keeping you in tune to your surroundings. I actually was fortunate enough to meet uh, one of the creators of Knox Gear, Simon Curran, who came on in episode 43 on the podcast to share the story, the creation of Knox Gear, and how they use the principles of 
visual light and using engineering to actually create their product. So check out episode 43, hear the story from the creator himself and learn about their products a little bit more in depth. Knox Gear is all about runner safety and I'm ecstatic to have them on the runner health and safety movement that we are creating over here at Healthy Runner. Running doesn't need to be painful and it sure doesn't need to be risky or dangerous. Running should be that outlet providing us the mental clarity we need to be the best humans we can possibly be to those around us. While checking out at knoxgear.com, just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER to get 35% off your total purchase. Go ahead and give Knoxgear a try. Trust me, you will never feel safer or look as cool. Now, let's get back to our episode. All right, let's get to tip number three. Tip number three, here we go. Shortness of the IT band. So how do we test this? We do this in the clinic. This was actually, if you guys really want to know, my whole dissertation for my PhD. I studied the IT band in folks who have runner's knee uh, for six years of my life, essentially. And yeah, time period, I definitely don't want to go back. So I've done way too much uh, studying of this over test, we call it. This is how we assess it in the clinic. Um, we bring your leg around. A negative test is your knee drops below the hip. Positive test, it stays in the air. So shortness of the IT band could be a contributing factor as well. So the unfortunate thing is this structure is more connective tissue. So it is not a true muscle, like it's easy to stretch your calf muscle. And we always talk about the importance of stretching your calves to prevent plantar fasciitis, Achilles pain. Um, this structure, unfortunately, does not stretch very well. It's the small muscle at the top. So I find best is to foam roll and not just foam roll and go out on the outside of your thigh, going for the kill, but slightly in front and slightly behind. So... That is how I find it's most valuable to decompress the IT band and the connective tissue around it, as opposed to trying to stretch it, as opposed to going for the kill. It doesn't need to be painful and you writhing in pain when you do your foam rolling for your IT band. And we do have a custom way that I like to do that with my runners. And that has really been helpful and beneficial for many of the runners that I work with. All right, guys, down to the fourth and final tip. I'm, my goal is to keep this episode shorter for you guys, all right? I'm going to try to get this within a half hour. That's kind of my goal. And the last final point is uneven road surfaces. So we know one of the biggest causative factors to this condition is those of you who are running on very country roads. So meaning a road like this that has a large angle to it or a camber in the road that allows that water to drain down. Um, these are most common on our country roads and they are not best for running, especially long distances, especially if you're experiencing iliotibial band syndrome. So if you are having symptoms, I would highly recommend you really find those flatter roads in your community um, that you can run on and try to avoid that angle because of that angle, it does force your knee to go in a little bit more on the higher end surface as well as forces those hips to be more unlevel. So they're not staying nice and stable, which is gonna put more force, more tension, more stress to the iliotibial band. So think about your road surfaces that you are running on and try to 
make sure that, especially for your long runs, that you're running on more of those flatter surfaces, which are going to actually help your knee in the long run. So those are really the four tips. And how do we treat IT band syndrome? It really depends upon the irritability, whether or not you have a higher tissue irritability or you have lower tissue irritability, it is going to depend. So in that higher tissue irritability phase, this is like your pains at eight or 10. It's really irritable. Usually it's like the first couple of days, it would be that scenario that you were like running four and five miles, but then it was like beautiful weather last weekend. And you're like, why don't I do 10? Why don't I do 12 miles? You do 10 or 12 miles. And then your knees actually really painful. It's inflamed and it's even painful to walk. Right. So that's that high tissue irritability. Um, this, you know, you may need to actually take a couple of days off of running or decrease your mileage by 50%. Um, if it's low tissue irritability and the pain's been going on for weeks and it's been going on for months, most of you out there who are probably listening to this, this is the scenario that you're in. And this is how I work with my runners who have iliotibial band syndrome is we rarely need to actually stop you from running at all. We just modify your running for about a week or two and really start implementing the strategies I just talked about as far as running surface, hip strengthening, IT band um, length. So kind of foam rolling the IT band. Those are the things that we really kind of focus on and getting your training on track. If you were really jumping up in mileage or if you started increasing speed work at the same time, you're increasing distance. Remember, we've talked about this before and our periodization episode when we kind of kicked off 2021 and we talked about cycling your training. I actually talked to uh, this uh, with a runner today. We talked about cycling training and the first three months. And honestly, I, I need to state this as well. So we're coming down to the end of the first three months. So the first quarter of the year, and many of you have taken advantage of our healthy runner strength program, and you got in a good three months of strength training. And that was the goal was to start off the year during those winter months to build a nice base and foundation. And we built up our strength. I've talked to many of you um, these last couple of weeks and you feel stronger. Your runs are getting easier. You're noticing you're getting faster with your runs. So that's what you should focus on for a period of time. And then the training shifts. So maybe now you start to either increase your mileage or you start to increase your speed. So the person I was talking to today, their goal is to actually run a marathon in January. So he's going to start his marathon training in August, September. So really this next block of time, when we think periodization, his goal is to do a fast 10K. So now his training is going to really focus on building up speed during this block, right? So he's working speed and he's not increasing training volume. He's not increasing those long runs really far. It's really focusing on speed work. Remember, we don't want to change both of those variables at the same time. So if you're going into marathon training, let's say that's really focusing on volume, weekly mileage, as well as building up your long runs. There's no reason you should be adding in speed work unless you've been doing speed work consistently. So if you've already been doing that, then yes, speed work would be a part of your marathon training. And you're most likely an experienced marathoner. And this is not your first, not your second marathon. And speed work is actually a component of your training in order to improve your time. 
So again, it all goes back to your goals of your training. All right. So I digress there on kind of talking about, oh, I wanted to congratulate those that dedicated three months of the year to actually strength training and building up a base, a kind of a base level foundation of running fitness and slowly been increasing your mileage. Um, that is super important. And I'm so proud of many of you who did that for the first time. And you really implemented the strategies that I talk about in training in order to run because running should not be your form of training for exercise, right? Or if your goal is to get more fit or lose weight or stay mentally sane, right? Whatever your goal is, running should not be the only answer. You need to strength train in order to run so we can do it healthy to prevent iliotibial band syndrome. So the four tips that I really talked about today, recapping this guys, is making sure you are not doing too much load too soon. You're taking care and making sure you're doing dedicated exercises to your hip muscles. If you do not know what those are, I talk about them in the Spark Blueprint. Five tips to run strong and healthy. The specific exercises are in the Healthy Runner Strength Program. So within that program, we take you through a progression of in phase one and then phase two. And that's one of the big things I've been getting a lot of feedback on those that have completed the strength program is they like the variety of the exercises, the three different workouts per week. And then they like the progression and switching up the exercises after six weeks in phase two. So those exercises are in there. Those are the exercises that are true, tried, tested on myself personally, because I'm never going to give you something that I haven't done myself and know that works and I can feel it. And I've noticed a difference and then been tested on hundreds of runners before and have helped them overcome this pain. Taking care of the IT band in terms of doing some foam rolling, kind of doing that soft tissue care, which is the fourth tip in our spark blueprint. And then thinking about your running surfaces. All right. So hopefully this was helpful for you. For those of you who are here on the live, let me know if you have any questions before I hop off, because I'm happy to answer anything. Guys, the big, the big announcement that I have for you is what I just shared with you, literally, the strategies we talked about, the treatment is all outlined right here for you in the foam rolling. And I actually have clickable links to the videos. So I have these clickable links to the videos in this whole iliotibial band PDF. So this is a free PDF that I'm going to be giving you to help you overcome this condition and more importantly, to prevent it from coming back. So this is how we prevent it from coming back. It's all in this free PDF here that I just uploaded to my site today. And again, you can get this PDF as well as our free Spark Blueprint um, right at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. And those of you who are here on the live, if you just want to drop, uh, just say link in the comment box, and I will literally copy and paste the link in there for you. Um, so you can grab your free runner's guide to iliotibial band pain. I am super excited to kind of put this together. It's been a long 
uh, haul as far as me sharing this content within our Healthy Runner Facebook community. I've been talking about iliotibial band for over two years now. If you guys go back and you probably search iliotibial band in our Facebook community, you're going to find a bunch of posts on it. And I'm happy to finally like have this collective document that's kind of this complete guide to really battling this injury. So if you know of a runner that has had this condition before, please, like if you're listening to this on the podcast, share this episode with them. In the show notes, I will definitely drop the link for the free PDF to grab that. So you guys can grab that. And, you know, as you guys know, my goal is to really take this information. And this was, again, my whole goal of the podcast, my whole goal of the Facebook community is to share this information that's out there in the medical world that sometimes feels like it, these secrets. And, you know, there you got to see these gurus to like get the secrets. Um, I want to share with you things that you can actually do for yourself, honestly, because many of the running related injuries that um, I see in runners, it's all about the education and the exercises. Those are the most important features. Like, yes, have I gotten runners better with doing dry needling to the TFL, decrease the activation, doing Graston technique, instrument assisted? Yes. Doing some specific manual stretching? Yes. Doing some specific tactile cues with the exercises? Yes, absolutely. Like I said in the beginning, there's you know, no kind of shortcut to seeing a good running uh, physical therapist out there that is going to provide an individualized plan for you. And I help runners with that all the time, virtually or in my in-person clinic. But if you want to go to a running physio that's close to you, you have a good local person, then go seek them out. Or you have a good running physio you worked with in the past virtually, then, you know, have them help you this guide that I've given to you again, will fix probably about 70 to 80% of your pain for those that are struggling with this. If you've gotten treatment before and you really haven't been focusing on the things that are in this guide, then you should probably update some of your treatment. So within even our physical therapy field, like when I went to school, we didn't learn about half the things I'm talking about in this guide and things evolve over time. Research gets better. We know a lot more about injuries. So things evolve over time. So last thing I want to know for you guys, like I said, I want to keep this one kind of short is if this was helpful, how do we like the format of screen sharing? Was that helpful? If it was, um, type in screen share. If you really didn't like the screen share, but it was still helpful, drop in helpful. This will help provide some feedback on how you would like to learn in the future when we do some trainings. Um, wanted to switch it up today and, and see what you guys think. So let me know. And if those of you caught the replay, you weren't here on the live, type in replay. Let me know you caught it. And again, thank you for all of you who listen to this on our Spark Your Training YouTube channel or listen to this on the podcast. Again, check the show notes and you will get all the links into the comment box. And guys, I appreciate you. Hey, coming attractions this Wednesday. This is another week of two episodes. So this is like two weeks in a row. You're getting bonus bonus content for you this Wednesday. This is going to be a popular one because everyone always wants to know more about running shoes or running sneakers. What do we call it? Shoes, sneakers. Um, we're going to have Matt Santillo from Woodridge Running Company this Wednesday, 7.30 PM. So 
I, I've been scheduling a bunch of episodes, if you guys haven't noticed, within our Healthy Runner Facebook uh, group. If you're wondering what episodes are next, always check the events tab. You will find out um, which ones to tune into. If you marked it, you're attending. Facebook most likely is going to send you a notification when we go live uh, to kind of remind you about the event. So I would always kind of click that you're attending or not, and uh, you'll get that little reminder from Facebook getting the little notification. And this is going to be a good one. We're going to talk running shoes. It's been almost a year since we've done an episode on running shoes. So I've got a lot of questions for Matt. For those that are attending, because I know a lot of you already said you're attending, in the event, can you drop your questions for me in that event? And I will compile those and actually ask Matt them while he's on the live. And we can get his answers um, that you have on running shoes. All right. Hey guys, I hope you have a great rest of your evening, rest of your day, whenever you're listening to this. And I'm super thankful, grateful for all of you in our community. And as always stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running until next time, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the healthy runner podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training, and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the spark your training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.